Um, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for um, the goodness of your word, Lord. Um, we thank you for the power of your word, Lord, that it steps in, that it blesses, that it sanctifies, purifies, and um, makes us who you called us to be. All of us were ordained to be great when you created us. Who are you to make anything that was not called to be great? Every child in this room was called to be great. And so, God, we are so excited um, that even in their young ears, that the word of God can infiltrate them. And you will raise them up to be Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Jeremiah, Josiah, Lord, all of the great men um, and women of God that started out young with you, Lord. So this is not just for the adults, Lord, but it is for them as well. For it was Daniel that said that he heard the prophet Jeremiah preach when he was young, and he therefore lived it as an adult. So we thank you, Father, that you will honor us um, as we seek to bring our children into the house um, during the message so that they can hear it, even if they don't grasp everything that they will hear it, Lord, and grow accordingly, Lord. Bless our adult ears. Lay hands on your ears right now and just say, Lord, open me up to receive all that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, if you would turn with me to Second uh, Timothy. Uh, as I said, um, oh, thank you, yes. It's in the house. Look at that. So everything we need, all you got to do is ask. It's in the house. It's, it's charging. It's in the house. We got it. We got. I already got one percent off of that one plug-in. Look at that. Amen. Um, so uh, let's turn um, or flip or text or tap to <laughs> Second Timothy four. Now. Um, uh, for the rest of the year from October, November, and December, everybody say three months. Three months. We're going to focus on the year theme. We've been doing it, whether you realized or not, but the next three months, all of the preaching and teaching will be uh, based on the year theme. And our year theme is building what? Godly. Amen. Building godly community through four steps. Does anybody know the steps? Coaching. Discipleship, mentoring, and pastoring, okay? And so that's what God has given us. And so a lot of that, um, it feels a little different from 2015, but a lot of that is found in demonstration, okay? Uh, my, my godfather, Pastor Frank, the late Pastor Frank, he used to tell us um, that walk with people. If you walk with people, they'll catch it, okay? Um, another one of um, my former pastors, Pastor Old Johnson, he's Steph's former pastor, he, he said this to me. He said, you can impress people behind the pulpit, Anise, but you can impact them one-on-one. -on -one. Okay, you can impress them behind the pulpit, but you can impact them one on one. And so um, this weekend we heard a lot of powerful words and, and we were really, really, really encouraged. And so I, I kind of feel like um, I just need to give you a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of this um, that we got just so that you will be and, and more of it will come. Uh, but uh, Bishop said some things to us on Friday um, that reminded us of our call that convicted um, me and I'm sure it convicted some of the other pastors. Um, but he said these two points that I left with that um, that really hit home for me. And he said this. He said, if there's something you want your church to know, you have to teach it. 
And I was like, conviction. <laughs> and then he said, and ministry flows out of the health of the leaders in your house, okay? So ministry flows out of the health of the leaders in your house. And if there's anything you want your church to know, you gotta teach it. So the conviction came from me in my transparent moment is that right before I left town, I was telling Pastor Daryl, there are certain things that, should, that, that you know, have to be in on three different church staffs and things like that. I just said, there are certain things that should be done in the churches. We're building a church. These are things that should be done in the church. So we gotta find somebody to come in and teach these things to our church because they probably don't want to hear it from us. So let's bring somebody else because everybody knows that members always love it when other people come in and teach and not the pastors. And so this is a strategy that most pastors use. They, they pay people to come in and say what they already want to say, but they just make that person say it. And, and I was like, and so that's what we're going to do. And then Bishop said, nope. If there's anything you want your church to hear, you got to say it. And so I was like, wow, okay. And so he said, you have to say it. Let other people let other people come in and, and, and undergird it. He said, but you have to say it. And so there, ha there can't be this pulling back. And so he gave us some very powerful instruction. And a lot of it was just basic. It was just basic. And, you know, one pastor said, you know, Bishop, can I just say something? He was like, the thing about it is people hear other pastors like at a conference or or on podcasts or on TV and it just sounds so powerful when he said but as pastors of local bodies he had he said we have this job to teach people the daily grind of living Christianity he goes and it's not sexy <laughs> when he said that we all started laughing he said y'all know it's not it's like what we say is like what they need to get to go go through the specifics he said but it just doesn't look as glamorous as you know catching a sound bite from a Bill Johnson or seeing um, you know Joe Osteen in his stadium and he said so we have this job where we're walking with them we're at the hospital we're at the school we're here he said and it's just like real life stuff and so how do we combat that and Bishop said you have to stay do two things. He said, one thing, you have to pray. If you don't pray, you, you can't bless your people. You have to pray. He said, you have to strategically put prayer in your life. He said, then the second thing is, he said, you have to teach the word. You can't teach your opinion. You have to teach the word of God. And he said, so don't pull out the Bible and say, I got to make this scripture fit so that they'll know this one thing. He said, you have to let the word of God speak to you because the word of God is what brings life and power. And if they want to go off and listen to these great sound bites from other people, let them do it. But you will be, you will be held accountable, accountable for your on the ground work. And so I had to really repent because I was like, you know, I'm, I have like in the last two and a half years, I have somewhat shied away from the congregation trying to um, just kind of take a view, a bird's eye view. You know, Pastor Daryl kind of comes in with the bulldozer, you know, and I kind of go, okay, I'll just pull back. And God was like, time out for that. You have to save their life and you have to do it because you love them. And he said, do you love the people under you? And I say, yes, Lord, I really do. He said, if you love them, then you have to do your job. And this is what Bishop said to us. So second Timothy four two, the amplified version um, says this. And, the, and, and it, for the sake of titles, the title of this is which community do you want to build? Look at somebody next to you and say, which community do you want to build? Which community do you want to build? Okay. All right. So it says this, 2 Timothy 4, 2, and um, read the Amplified. I don't know if, Nicole, are you pulling these up just so I'll know? Are you going to put scriptures? Oh, you are so, you're pretty fat. Okay. Can we just give a round of applause to Nicole? 
the college student, not the high school student, but the college student, okay? All right, so it says this. This is the job that, that, that Paul, who was Timothy's pastor, told him. And the Amplified really brings it to life. So he said, herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand and ready, whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it's welcome or unwelcome. You as the preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. That sounds so hardcore. And convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and urging and encouraging them, okay? You can't rebuke and correct without encouraging them. And then he said this, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. Being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. Being unflagging and inexhaustible as you rebuke, as you correct, as you warn, as you urge, as you encourage, as you show people to a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left. He said, you have been assigned to them to bless their lives because this is the thing. As we know, Satan is hunting for souls. He wants your mind. And he, God said, we put you on assignment as a gift to bless people. There's a blessing in this. If you do it God's way, he said, you don't have, he said, I never said beat people up. He said, I just said for you to show them unflagging and inexhaustible. So I love those words. And as a writer, I just loved unflagging and exhaustible. And so this is what they mean. Unflagging means be tireless, be persistent, be unrelenting, don't decline in strength, show sustained enthusiastic action. That is deep. That reminded me of Rod. When I read that, I read that because Rod is like, every time I get up, yeah, you know, no matter what people, but you got to consistently, consistently show sustained enthusiastic action. I thought of Stephanie when I read that because Stephanie's like, no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to get up and worship God and jump up and down and be like, yes, God, you know, she does. I can't do it right but you know she gets into it so you have to show sustained enthusiastic action you have to you have to believe it okay then he says be inexhaustible this is the word to pastors be inexhaustible unable to be depleted nothing can deplete you because you can't pour into people and be empty. So he said, Teresa, Pastor Daryl, you have to be unable to be depleted, incapable of being wearied or worn out. And I was like, Oh my Lord. So he says, so you have to be ready in season, whether it's favorable and unfavorable, convenient or inconvenient, welcome or unwelcome. And I was like, well, Lord, if it's not welcome, then, you know, I just hold it to myself. He was like, no, 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 that's not your job. I need you to convince them, to show them, to urge them, to rebuke them, to encourage them and to do it unflagging and inexhaustible. And at that point I repented. And he said, you can't be depleted. You cannot, you, it, you, inexhaustible is incapable of being weary or worn out. So I read that and I immediately thought of Moses, the picture that you saw with the scripture to go. Because it says in Exodus, Exodus go with me to Exodus 17. It says in Exodus something that sounded somewhat contrary. So let's go to Exodus 17. And when you get there, say the word works. Okay, when you get there, say the word works. The word works. All right. So Exodus 17, 1 through 4. And, um, and it says this. 
Now, this is Moses with the people of Israel. Remember, they were wandering through the desert. They had brought, he had brought them out of Egypt. They were on their way to the promised land. Even though they hadn't got there, they were on their way. Um, and I'm going to read the new, I forgot to tell you, uh, Nicole, I'm going to read the new living, but it's okay to have the amplified up there. It says, at the Lord's command, the whole community, everybody say the whole community. The whole community. Not part of it, not people who were like, well, I'm going to stay at the Hampton Inn. Y'all go down the street to the Holiday Inn. I'll catch up with you at the living room. Y'all be, you know, no, the whole community okay of Israel left the wilderness of sin now just as a side note if you see sin it doesn't mean they were in sin sin meant Sinai okay so it meant so that's why it's capital S okay the whole Israel community left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place eventually they camped at Rephidim but there was no water there for the people to drink so once more is that should I keep going okay so once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue. They continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us? Our children and our livestock are thirsty, thirsty blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's the wrong, yeah, that's it. Okay. So I wanted to bring out these four statements, okay, that we saw, okay? Let's pull out these. Um, 17 verse one, you see this, at the Lord's command, okay? Outside of their, at, outside of their, um, their, their, their ability at the Lord's command, it was time to move. Second thing that stood out, the whole community, okay? Number three, they moved from place to place. Bishop, <laughs> Bishop had us cracking up. He said when we started out our church, he said people used to be like, they, they used to be called New Covenant and after, um, their, after they hit a certain anniversary, they changed the name to Jubilee because the Lord said that they were crossing over into a season of Jubilee. And so when they were new, called New Covenant, he said the word in Boston was New Covenant is the best church ever if you could just figure out where they are. He said because we moved from a hotel to a school to this place and that place. And so People loved it, but they were just like, you got to figure out. That was before social media and everything else. Now they have two locations in the city. They own 25 acres of land in, right in the heart of Boston, which is phenomenal. They own 10 acres of land outside near the other property. They have developers working with them. As a side note, this just blessed my soul. They were honoring some of the people that work at the church. And one of the guys that they honored... Pastor Matt Bishop's son said, he said, I want to call him up because he just started with the church. And Marilyn, listen to this. He said, I want to thank him. He said, because when we asked him to come on staff, he gave up a new, an offer to get a new job. And the new job, his salary was $4 million. $4 million. And he gave it up because he told him, God told him to stay with his church and help them work on the, de on the development of these two properties, this 25 acres of land and the 10 acres of land. He gave up $4 million because God told him to do it. And they're in the land of Harvard and MIT, but I was like, now that is a testimony. And he was the most humblest man. When they called his name, he got up like, okay, I mean, it's not that deep. I just follow God. Like, I mean, he just had this look on his face like, are you serious right now? So, but, but that was just a blessing. So um, the people complained, and this is what Moses did. Moses went directly to God and said, what should I do? 
which symbolized that he was praying, okay? Which symbolized he was praying. So in this capacity right here, it's not always going to look wonderful and perfect. We're gonna go some places, we're gonna do some things that are not amazing. But if we stay with God, Moses made sure that he prayed and he asked God, how should I respond? And Moses stayed in God's face concerning the people and they got through the complaints. Do you hear me? They got through the complaints because they were a community. God was commanding them, even though they were moving from place to place. The man of God still went to the Lord and said, what should I do? And that just stood out to me. Now, move down to verse uh, 11 or 12. And I want to show you this because I want to talk to you about community players. Okay. Okay. My Bible just left. Okay. Came back. All right. Um, let's look at... Um, okay, let's look at verse 10, okay? Um, well, let's look at verse 9, okay? Moses commanded Joshua. Say that with me. Moses commanded Joshua. Say it one more time. Moses commanded Joshua. And he told him this. Choose some men to go out and fight the army of the Amalek for us. For tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded. Say it with me. So Joshua did what Moses commanded, and he fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, say this, Moses, Moses Aaron, Aaron, and her. And her. Say it one more time. Moses, Moses Aaron, Aaron, and her. They climbed to the top of a nearby hill. Verse 11, as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and her found a stone for him to sit down, sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Now, let's get a visual. Um, Rod, Josh, um, and, and Dr. Jason, and Pastor Daryl, come up. Let's get a visual really quick. Let's, let's get this, okay? Is there, okay? I don't even know if y'all are here. Oh, oh, Dr. Jason's not here. Give me another brother. Um, Steven, come on up. Okay, so look at this. So, Steven, you be Joshua. Okay, so stay right there. <laughs> Wait, do your do that again? I am the mighty soldier. I love your accent. Oh, everybody, give him a round of applause. That's community in action. Woohoo! He's all in the part already. So Moses, Doc, Pastor Daryl, you are Moses, okay? Rod, you are Aaron. Say yay. Hey. Okay, Joshua, you are her. Say yay. Okay, all right. So Moses command Joshua. No, not yet. We're not on that part yet. Moses, you have to command Joshua to go and fight. Joshua, I command you to go and fight. I will fight for my people. Thank okay. you. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, Moses, you, you guys can pretend you're walking. You tell Moses and her, say, we're going to roll up to the top of the hill, because that's not like something you would say. We're going to roll up, and we're going to oversee the battle that Joshua is fighting. Yo, we're going to roll up to the top of the hill yeah. and we're going to oversee the battle that Joshua's fighting. You, you guys weren't down on the ground with them. You weren't down on the ground with them. You were overseeing, okay? Now, when you get up there, Moses, your thing is to do what? Hold up. up the staff. That's right. You got to hold up the staff. But he got what? Tired. Tired. His, now, what? 
That's not what the scripture said. The scripture said he didn't get tired. His arms got tired. Okay. There you go. Oh, nice prop. Good job with the props. All right. I love our men, Sons of Thunder, in his house. Okay, so his arms got tired. They are getting tired. Let's go back to 2 Timothy. That's good. That works with the plan. Let's go with 2 Timothy. What did he say? He said, be unflagging and inexhaustible. Okay? Be unflagging and inexhaustible. So the Lord said, you may feel, he told me, he said, you may feel like you're tired. You're not tired. Your arms are tired. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says, so, so just because it looks like you're failing, he said, it's not you. Your arms are tired. And this is when the community comes together. Okay. So what happened? There you go, Rob. Bam. You just, now this is the beautiful thing. This is the beautiful thing about, are you doing a Jedi mind trick in the Moses days? Okay. So this is the beautiful thing. You see two, I love it. Somebody grab that picture. That's just. Where's Jessica? Where's Jessica? Jessica's my photographer. Rod and Jessica are the photographers. Nicole, you got double duty. Okay, Stevenson. Love this. This is now Joshua be in a, you need to be in a fighting position. You kind of be down on the hill fighting. Can you do fighting position? One, two, three. Go. Okay. He has an AK-47. Okay. You got it? So 2 Timothy said, be unflagging and be inexhaustible. Moses didn't get tired, but what happened? Moses' arms got tired, okay? Moses, but God still commanded him. He said, if your hands go down, the whole community will be wiped out. The enemy will come in and take everybody out, okay? Um, somebody take the picture for Stevenson and he can fix his status. See, this is community in action. Somebody either get on the soundboard or the TV or something. Okay. Oh, you got it. Okay, got you. Okay, so listen, so hear, hear me, hear me, hear me, because this is important. Two different things happened here, okay? Two different things happened here. On one hand, hold that pose, Joshua. It's pretty powerful. You should have been Joshua. What were we thinking? Okay, you just say her. Okay, I just, I didn't even see that. That went right past me. Okay, so Stephen, you're your brother. Okay, so two things happened here. Two things happened here. Look at this. In one, one instance, Moses commanded him. He gave him an assignment and said, this is what you're supposed to do. And he didn't fight it. He just said, okay. In this scenario, Moses, I mean, Aaron and her, or her and Aaron, whoever you guys are, not her, but her. So in this situation, they saw the need. Okay, you got it? In this situation, he had to be commanded. In this situation, they had, had the need. They saw the need. And in this situation, they went and got the stone for him to sit on. You're supposed to be sitting. I forgot that part. And in, then they held up his arms. So sometimes in the community, you have to be proactive and say, what does my community, what does my church family need? I'm going to have to take it in, and I'm going to have to help the man, woman of God hold up their hands so that they can be what? Unflagging and inexhaustible. Because if they they are unflagging and inexhaustible. What happens? We all win. Okay? When they, because of them, everybody in the community, the, Joshua did what? Joshua won the battle because these two men saw a head and saw a need. Okay? Amen. You won. Yes. He's sticking his chest out. So as long as Moses is. Yes, we are safe. I, I like to say it again. My people, we are safe. Okay, that's good. I don't know what, that might be South Africa, but I don't know. So, 
So, but do you see your role here? Yeah. It's not just Moses, okay? It's not just me and Pastor Daryl. It's all of us have to come together. Sometimes you will be commanded and you're going to have to say, you know what? I'm going to do what it said because there's a blessing on the commandment. If I, if I listen and I'm obedient to the command, God gave him the command. He gives the command to him, but everybody in the community wins. Amen. You understand that? Because he, did, he didn't stop and say, well, the way I see it, the what I think. And he said, I'll just do exactly what you said. Sometimes you don't have time. The Amalekites were coming in and then they had to see foresight and say, you know what? He's not getting inexhaustible. He's not exhausted. It's just what? His hands. And if I play my part in the community, what? The whole ministry wins. Do you see that? The whole ministry wins. I mean, you could, Joshua, you can, you might be stuck, but okay. All right, let's give them a hand. <laughs> so the whole ministry wins. So let's look at the players. 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 Your hands really are exhausted? Okay. All right. <laughs> so their hands do the work. Amen. So let's let's look at this so we can we can let's be look at this. The points that we saw. Number one, Joshua did as he was commanded. Aaron and her climbed with Moses. Aaron and her found a stone. Aaron and her stood on each side. Moses's hands were steady. And as a result, Joshua won. Do you see that you will win if your leaders are covered? Do you get that? So a godly community had four play. It's never we may be the lead. But what this is what this is what one of the pastors said. He said this. He said, Bishop, what do we do when there's a need and we're tired? What do we do? He said, when we he said, do we just put out an ad and get and hire somebody since we can't get anybody to see the need and do it? He said, what do we do? And Bishop said this. He said, you know what? He, and he gave him some insight. But he said this. He said, one of the things that made me and Pastor Yvonne so successful is that we had another couple that stood right there with us and whatever we needed done and whatever we couldn't do, they filled the need. He said, and for 10 years, they walked by us side by side by side by side. So they said, basically what they were saying is we had an Aaron and a her to fill in the gaps. So this is the thing, pastors, leaders, they're a gift to you, but if their hands aren't held up, they will get exhausted. But God is telling them, I don't care, I'll send what you need, but you have to be inexhaustible and unflagging. So there's this dual situation because he's saying, go into your community and give them what they need, even if it hurts, whether it's the right timing or bad timing, be yourself, be who I called you to be, I'll deal with them later, but you gotta be, and he said, but in the meantime, be, be inexhaustible. Amen. Now, look at this, because this is the question that we asked when we were back at the living room. And this ties in what Pastor Daryl's been preaching for the last couple weeks. Ask somebody next to you this question, as some of you may remember. Are you a three or a 30? Are you a three or are you a 30? Are you a three or a 30? Because I was I, I got a visual of our community as Bishop was talking, as he was commanding us, as he was telling us, he was like, you're, he's, this, this, is what Bishop, this is what Bishop said. He said his pastor was there. Something went down during, the, during the, the conference and Bishop said, as soon as church was over, my Bishop called me to deal with it. He said, when it was over, I had to make a call to deal with it. And so it was like the, a chain of command just went, and this is the thing, he said, you never know what's gonna pop up. So Bishop Garlington, his pastor, was not there to preach. All he did was share a little bit on each night. He was there to observe. And so he said, this is the thing. 
once a year, I bring you guys here. I tell you, come here so you can walk with me in my territory and you can see what God is doing. Then another one time a year, I come to you and I walk in your territory to bless your people to see what you're doing. He said, one year my bishop couldn't come. I changed the whole date. He said, we've been doing this day forever because this convention is based around our church anniversary. But because my bishop couldn't do it, we changed the whole conference because it is important that the person that covers me is there on point to give me the insight that I need. Bishop Garlington wasn't there to preach, to pray, I mean, to pray. You know, he wasn't there as a face on the thing. He was there to be there to pour into the man and woman of God. It was powerful to see the chain of command. So this is what you have to understand. You have to understand the power. So one thing, when, it, when we got in there, past, Pastor Yvonne and Bishop looked and they said, are all our churches here? He said, there's some missing. He said, you can't miss this because this is your opportunity to pour in. So when we say be there Sunday, what we're saying to you is you may not do, that may not be the day for you to be an Aaron or a her, but you gotta be there because you don't know what God will pour into you as a result of you having covering. And then what the blessing is that I watch him say that his bishop got on him and I'm saying, Lord, that's okay. I don't want to do what everything you told me to do. And God said, the Lord rebuke you. You are called to do what? To instruct them, to teach them, to bless them, to say what's good, to say what's bad, to tell them how to change, to do it encouraging, to be instructed. He said, because that's what you're supposed to do. And we were in the position where we saw him receive that from his pastor. So who are you going to be in your community? Who did Pastor Daryl just preach about? Benaniah. He said, and this is what's so awesome. Second Samuel 23. Go there. Second Samuel 23. Because we asked this question and some of you may be new and you may not remember, but you have to ask yourself this. Am I a three or a 30? And I know for a fact that we have three or 30s in the room. You guys are brilliant. You guys are skilled. You're amazing. I could see if we didn't have skilled people. But, I, you know, when they honor the people that have been with them on staff for 15 years, those people were skilled and powerful. And that's what I love about the Old Testament. When it says that they were building the house of God, they always said, call for the skilled workers. And raise your hand in this room if you could honestly say without an ounce of insecurity, without an ounce of a lack of confidence, but you could raise your hand and say, I know what? I have skill. I have a gift that God has given me. I have ability that God can use for his glory. Is anybody in there that can say that? You say, I have skill. I know I do. I know. Raise it up higher, Jessica, because you do. Raise it up. Don't let insecurity, who are you to shrink back? Don't shrink back. You guys are powerful. I've seen you one-on-one. I've seen you in a group. I've seen you. Everyone here is a three or 30. You are not on the outskirts. You are a three or 30. And look at this in 2 Samuel 23. I love this because this is what we see in 2 Samuel. Now we'll, we'll bounce around a little bit, but I just wanna go to verse eight in 2 Samuel 23. Are you there? All right. Okay, maybe I should be there. Okay, wait up. The word works. The word works. Thank you, ZP. The word works. Okay, so look at this. These are the names, 23 verse 8. These are the names of David's mightiest warriors. The, and he gives them three. And it says who was, the first was Jashobim, the Hekmanite, who was the leader of the three. The three mightiest warriors among David's men. He once used his spear to kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. And it goes on. The next in rank number in, the, in the three were Eleazar, okay? And it says once Eleazar and David stood together against the Philistines when the entire Israelite community army had fled. Second Samuel 23. 
Okay. And it says he killed the Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword. Do you hear me? That's how powerful. Next in rank was Shammah. Okay. One time the Philistines gathered and attacked the Israelites in a field of lentils and the Israelite army fled. But Shammah held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Okay. Those are just the three. So this is the thing. Who did we read about in Exodus 17? Did we just hear Moses' name? No. We heard Moses, Joshua, Aaron, and her. In the, in the three, in 2 Samuel 23, we heard about the three, Shama, Eleazar, we hear about them, okay? And then it says in verse 18, it goes on to talk about the 30. And Abisha was a leader of the 30. And it goes on to say that once he used his, his spear to kill 300 enemy warriors in a single battle, it was by such feats that he became as famous as the three. So they ran out of space in the three. So this guy is leading the 30 and he gets remembered. And then we walk into Pastor Darrell's message in tw verse 20. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoda, a valiant warrior, warrior. And what do we know about him? On a snowy day, remember that? He chased the lion down into a pit and killed it. Who in here is a lion chaser? We've been yes. talking about that for two weeks. Yes. He was one of the 30. Yeah. Now look at this. This is what I love. Look at verse 22. These like these made Benaiah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than any other member of the 30, though he was not one of the three. And David made him captain of his bodyguards. This is the thing God is saying in this body, in Team Hallel, we have so much skill, so much power, so much talent. I mean, some of you have, are able to go from the guitar to doing cables, to doing this, to doing that, to helping with budget to helping with this, to offering insight to do it because you're so talented and you're like, well, I'm not a three, but you're as mighty as the three. And then in the 30, it's like, okay, the three is filled, but we'll make you a commander of the fighter of the three. But your names are written in the canon of this working. You understand what I'm saying? So when people, I loved it because when people, when his son, Pastor Matt got up and his wife, Pastor Mona got up, what they said is you may see us, our pictures, our face on the top of things, but we have 80 people on staff behind us that make this thing work. And they had those people stand up and those people stood up, yay! And then they said this, now we're just gonna try to honor five out of the 80. This is hard. Bear with us. All we could do this year was do five. And they called one guy. He, they had to go find him. He was back in the dark doing his thing. And he came out and he just had his head down like, I can't believe you see me. Like he was just so blown away. But he's so skilled, so magnificent. And it was amazing to see people that are staying there in the fight. I can say this. I bet you one thing. You may not always like us. But one thing I want you to know is, God, for some reason, you keep showing up. So even if you don't like us, you know God is calling you to be here with us. Isn't that crazy? One pastor raised his hand and he said, I just lost two of my greatest leaders because I made a mistake and they couldn't see past it. He said, and I'm hurting. I don't want to lose anybody else. And Bishop said, you're going to make mistakes. But this is the other word we heard. If people are chaff, they will blow off of you and keep it moving. But if they are wheat, they will stay there and they can be tied down, cut down, shaken up, but they will stay with you. And if you are in this room, stand to your feet right now because you're here. You're here. You're part of the community. Look at you. Look around the room and give somebody a high five and say, I'm not blown away. I'm not blown away. 
You keep showing up. Even if you don't like us, you keep showing up. That's awesome. Even if we make a mistake, you're still here. That's all you were still saying here. <laughs> Say it again, Joshua. <laughs> I love Stephen. I am still standing on here. I am still here. Say it with me. Say Team Hallel. They may cut us down. Say it. They may cut us down. They may try to tie us up. They may try to shake us up. But if you are a three or a 30, you will not be moved. You won't be moved. Because guess what? If you can be our Aaron and her, then we will be stronger and better. Amen. We will be. I promise you, if somebody can say, you know what? I'm going to step up my game because I'm a three. And somebody say, oh, I have a three spots filled. Dang it, I missed it. Okay, I'm going to be a 30. And I'm going to be so bad in the 30 that I'm going to be as bad as the three. And we need to fight for it like that and say, you know what? We win. And I love it because just like they praised them, they also, during this week in the convention, somebody else got in trouble. And they were like, you're right, Pastor. Let's roll. I'm going to show up the next day and do my job with Pastor. And it works. It works if we work it, people. It works if we work it. We have to build a godly community. Now, this is the thing. We don't even have to dwell on it. We don't even have to dwell on it because that's not who we are. But I want to give you the contrast. I want to show you the, 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 the opposite of this, if I can see it. Number 16, there's another team. Okay, there's another team. The godly team was Moses, Joshua, Aaron, and her. In number 16, they show a divided team. Korah, Dathan, Abram, and on. They were just like Moses had four people that were with them. Then he had a divided team of four people that were against him. And this is what I loved about it. I loved it because they came against him. Moses told him, remember when Moses commanded Joshua? And Joshua just did. Moses commanded, <laughs> he, he commanded, Korah was like, no joke. He was just like, I'm going to work against you no matter what you do. And I love it because he com commanded uh, uh, Abram in, verse, in one of those verses. And the guys, and Moses said, come here so I can talk to you. He said, I'm not coming. Dude, really? Really? We're trying to move as a community. We're trying to get to the promised land. And I asked you to come here and you're going to say, I can't come? And Moses said, this is how we're going to deal with this. He said the next day, they had to spend all this time weeding out, weeding out, weeding out. We don't want to have to even be there. We don't even need to read number 16 because that's not that's our community. Right. That's right. That's right. We don't even have to read it. We don't have to read it because we're the godly community. I just wanted to show you that there's a, there, there was another community. As much as, as Moses had this, he also had that. But God dealt with that, and he just kept it moving with what? This. And who took over after Moses left? Joshua. And I love it because if you think for a second that you will serve in this ministry and God will forget you, one of the greatest messages my mother ever, I heard her preach that has stayed with me, and I know it's for a season like this, is that she said when Moses was called to the top of the mountain and God was giving him the Ten Commandments, I think you said, what, 25 times. Guess whose name God talked to him about the whole time he was up in the, in the mountain. God didn't talk to Moses about Moses. God talked to Moses about Aaron. So if you are called to be an Aaron and a her, God's going to talk to the man and woman of God and say, this is what I'm going to do with Aaron. This is what I'm going to do with Aaron. This is what I'm going to do. God kept encouraging Moses to encourage them. So you're going to get yours. You can roll through it because I'm going to tell you one thing. When your arms get tired, you will say something stupid 
when you're when you're aching and your back hurts, I was like, okay, for real, Lance, can you give me a chair? I'm tired. You will say something wrong because tiredness gets inside of you and it'll twist some things. But when Aaron and her got on the side of them, all that stuff left and they won the battle. So we have to be a godly community. Say, you know what? I'm going to show up and break down at the Hampton Inn. I'm going to show up and break down at the living room. I'm going to show up and break down at the Palmer's house. I'm going to show up and break down at Elder Kenny's house. I'm going to show up and break down at the Holiday Inn. Where are we going? Because I'm part of Team Hallel. And wherever Team Hallel is going, that's where I'm going because I'm a three or 30. It's in me. I have staying power. I have staying power. And you have to decide that's who you're going to be. And so the Lord, I love it because when I was sitting there, the Lord just shook me. And he said, I called you to leave this thing. Stop letting words and faces and this thing and that thing make you in make you exhaustible and flagging. Yeah. I'll worry about them. You be you. I said, Lord, our arms are tired. I, I just realized the Lord, I'm not tired. My arms are just tired. And I, I love it because there are people that I've seen. I've been in ministry for 25 years. And I have seen, and I'm just saying this, I've seen some crazy people in ministry. I just have, Marcella's a PK. God calls the most unique people. John the Baptist was a crazy man, okay? He ate locusts and honey. Is that somebody you'd wanna follow? I mean, there are just crazy people, but I know there, there is one person in ministry, I was like, when they get up, you never know. Because they have Aaron and hers and Joshua's around them to cover up their crazy. Because God loves them and he said, even with your weakness, there's something in you that people need. I'll assign people to you, you just do the work. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's what God is saying, three or 30. Three or 30, three or 30, three or 30, three or 30. Because we know our call, but you have a call too. Amen. Bishop told us, and I'm close, he said, there are five different groups in the church. There's your core, they tithe, they serve, and they walk in agreement with you. After that, there's another group. They tithe, but they don't serve. But they believe in it. Then there's a group after that. They give on occasion, and they don't serve, but they show up. Then the group after that, they're just in the outer court. Sometimes they give, they come on Mother's Day, Easter, and Sunday, you know. He said, and you just got, he said, one time we did an assessment. We just ran the numbers one time. He said, tell me about the people down here. How many people like that do we have in our church? They ran the numbers, 16,000 people met the criteria of just the people that give on occasion and show up on occasion. He said, now run these numbers, the core for me. Three or 30, three or 30. And look what he's built with a three or a 30. And I said it last week in prayer, doesn't matter how many people are at Hallel Chapel. People are gonna know who we are because we serve our community, because we walk and pray. We don't get embarrassed. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are going, we're going to use, if we don't have the asset today, we're going to act like we have it. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing great and mighty things. If the vision tarries, we're going to wait for it. If we do it once and it wasn't right, we're going to keep at it because we know the call of God on our lives. And we can only do it with these people in this room right here. And I was like, God, I get to go home and look at people that haven't been shaken off of us. I said, that is phenomenal. And he told me, he said, watch who shows up on Sunday. He said, if you just get the right people, 
said, God, I can do anything. And then you can be your assignment, unflagging, inexhaustible. Rebuke, reprove, correct. Do it with love. Do it with patience. Do it with the right teaching. Give the word. Why do we have the scripture to go every week? Because the word is at the foundation of it all. The word. And I can tell you one thing. I can, I can venture to say this. If we've ever done something dumb, which I know we have. If we've ever done anything silly, which I know we have. If we've ever said the wrong thing, I know we have. I believe that you can say we've never taught false doctrine. Amen. And I believe that. I believe that. Because Sister Claire is still here. She told us, if you start teaching something crazy, I'm out. So how powerful is it to say that at the end of the day, you know what? But they teach Bible. And I love it because in that pastor's meeting, the first thing Bishop did, and he said, this is what the word of God says. Do not veer from the word of God. He said, do you hear me? And we were like, yes, sir. He said, if you don't have a prayer life, you will not pastor. He said, if you want to follow me, I had a prayer life. His son got up there and said, my father has gone on seven 40-day fasts in the last 30 years. Like, really, who does that? He said, I can attest to the fact that my father, every morning, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., I would hear him praying, and I'm not talking about Lord Jesus. He said, I'm talking about my dad would go in. I heard that. And now his son has one of the top, what is it, one of the top 10, top 15 fastest growing churches in North Carolina? In the country. In the country, excuse me. Yeah, in the country. His other son just planted in, my, in Florida, and they're all surrounding him. And so it's just amazing because that is who's covering us and he believes in Team Hallel. He said it. He said, Teresa, Daryl's in trouble, he wasn't here. Okay, I know, we made a mistake, I'm sorry. On the phone Tuesday, yes sir. Because he loves us that much. And he said, don't say you're gonna fail. Just say, even if I make a mistake, I'm gonna keep going. One of his pastors, stand to your feet and I'll shut up. One of his pastors said, he had to call Bishop because there was a situation in his church and overnight they lost like more than half of their leaders. He said, and when I stood up before the people, I had no more leadership. He said, but you know what I had? He said, I had Bishop with me. And the people stayed, the people that were there, they stayed and we are thriving now. So at the end of the day, I just wanna say this. Yes, I love every one of you, Pastor Daryl and I, are going to keep praying, but I will say this, I'm about to be different. Because I, I can't repent and do the same thing I was doing before. So if I pull you aside and say you gotta tighten up, remember this day that I'm doing it in love, but I am doing what God called me to do. No more watching and looking and holding my tongue. I gotta be who God called me to be. And God, I asked God, I said, God, do this. If we do that, if I do my part because my husband's been on my back, if I go home different, Lord, send us an Aaron and a her so we won't be tired and say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing that they won't lose if our arms fall. And God promised me. And I said, when, when pastor said, we had a couple that rode with us ride or die. And that's how we built this ministry. I said, Lord, you're gonna send them and we're gonna build because the man of God already told us that we have been commanded to take this territory. 
So Father, in the name of Jesus, as Pastor Darrell walks through and lays hands on you, release the lion chasers. Release the three or the 30. Release them now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. So whether we're pastoring, discipling, mentoring, or coaching them, Lord, they will be remembered in the canons of history as the ones who fought until their hands were sore, but they didn't leave their post. God, raise up. Raise up the three or the 30. Raise up those people that have to fight for position in the 30, than the three, because they're so powerful. Raise them up, God. And then equip us to equip them. Equip us to give them what they need to be the best that they can be. Because at the end of the day, it is about community. And we will not fall, but we will fly. Lord, maybe you just said, you know what? The season is up, as Pastor Sapp said, as Bishop Sapp said on Wednesday. God's about to make some adjustments and he's guiding you out of where you were. Maybe that's why this is our last Sunday. But one thing that I could say, that you have shaped, that you have allowed the enemy to cut us down, tie us up and shake us up, but we're still here. Because you have given us skilled people who didn't even know who they are, but they trusted you. The Palmers, I remember the day they walked in that door, they didn't know us, but you called them here. And they stay because they trust you, God. And we thank you for it. The Evans clan, they came because of you, God. Lord, Stephanie brings people because she trusts you. And I know you will bless Ortiz. I know you will bless her mother. I know you will bless Anise and Marcella. And Le I could go on and on. You are blessing us. Because we are submitted. And when you're submitted, mighty things happen. So build us, God. Thank you for the counsel of our elders. Thank you for the counsel of our bishop and Pastor Yvonne. Thank you for sending people to pour into us. Thank you, God, that our children will be mighty. We will be mighty and that we will win the fight. In Jesus' name, amen. Raise your fist and say, I'm a three and a 30. Whatever, either way I win, I'm a three or a 30. I'm a three or a 30.